Hey everyone, this week on the Strawberry Boys, we are deviating from the format a bit. We have a two-part interview with a special guest who was generous enough to give us a goldmine of debaucherous stories from his time in the car gay community. Stay tuned and enjoy. You sound great. Yes, you sound freaking awesome. Uh, Considering I I have the shitty lavalier that uh, has been working for months. I was uh-huh. going to get get a Yeti at some point, but uh, never got around to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad got me this like this podcasting mic uh, for Christmas a few months ago. So maybe like if you have a sugar daddy, maybe you could be like, hey, I'm looking for a new microphone. You got what, what you got? I have a 20 a husband of 23 years. The sugar has been drained. Oh, no. <laughs> so. So when we were having the podcast, he said, hmm, does the tawdry story include ours? I mean, it may like I, I am kind of like I, I feel like that would be a really good story to tell uh-huh. if like whatever, whatever you feel comfortable talking about. Like we are pretty like fast and loose on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my question, what's the general focus of this? Is this like queer topics or gross or wild or just curious? Have you ever seen the show Seinfeld? <laughs> My whole life is Seinfeld. My my family is Seinfeld. <laughs> so all right, one of the kind of jokes that I have is that this is a podcast about nothing. Like we just kind of like shoot the shit and we just like talk about goofy stuff and we just tell stories and stuff. So oh, absolutely. Like, OK, yeah. then I just wanted to see, like, is this the sort of thing where there's usually tawdry stuff going on or whatever? Not And mm-hmm. trust me, I love tawdry. I've not had mm-hmm. enough. The best tawdry I had, frankly, in the last couple of years was that Lemons Rally. What, the Lemons Rally? I'm sure you heard those stories. I, I probably have, but uh, so, sometimes I'm really bad at remembering the stories. Can you, can you remind me a bit? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll hum a few bars. What happened was there's a thing called the Lemons Rally where you have to get the shittiest vehicle you can find and drive on this three-day scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. So I always wanted I had to, I, my bucket list is a thimble. There were two things I really wanted to do. One was enter the hamburger eating contest at a taste of Hamburg in Hamburg, Pennsylvania. They turned mm-hmm. the whole town into atrocities committed to ground beef. <laughs> and uh, they had a hamburger contest. I got to do that. So I wound up going to a regular car reviews uh, event where they were had like a meet. And their meat is like everybody shows up. So wound up striking up friendships with a couple of people there, which is where I met Lance. Mm-hmm. And then I had met Jeff. Uh, uh, I'd met Jeff at uh, Hanover. At, I'm trying to remember at one of the uh, Radwood events. Mm-hmm. So I said, are you two game for to make a three person hamburger team? Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, why not? We all love to eat. So what I did is I went on eBay and I got three $2 berets and I registered us as the burgers of Calais, (laughs) (laughs) figuring nobody would get the joke. And of course, nobody did. Uh And we won. And in my question, I have this faux bronze medal and in relief as a hamburger. (laughs) I love that so much. So what and what happened was the local paper sent a guy to cover this event and he's interviewing us. 
So as he's interviewing me, I kept a straight face and I used every Olympic cliche you've ever heard. In other mm-hmm. words, like we were uh, focused for months and we were training for this and the spirit was so great amongst the team and we survived the onslaught of ground beef. Oh, my God. And this was verbatim. It wound up in the Pottsville newspaper. That is incredible. So the most incredible part is each of us won 50 bucks in addition Mm -hmm. to this medal. So they interviewed, what are we going to do with it? And I said, we're reinvesting it in Maylocks. And I think that went over the head as well. But I'd say the best part of this, it's small town America. So everything is sponsored by local businesses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like Harry's insurance company. Well, the hamburger eating contest was sponsored by the Peachtree Compassionate Pet Crematory of Leesport. And as we're eating these well-done hamburgers, they keep announcing that the pet crematorium made it possible. Oh, no! And I mentioned that to a friend up who lives in that area, and he says, oh, yeah, that's where we sent our cat. Oh, well, <laughs> we all know where Boots ended up. Exactly. So what happened was that was number one, and I wanted to enter the um, Lemons Rally. So I had two friends up here, Preston and Hallie, and I said, I'll get together. I'll stake you the money, you know, to register this thing and we'll like get it started. You'll own it. You have to fix it. Let's find it. And everything we looked for was too shitty or too good. Mm -hmm. And there was no happy medium until they found a 1991 Dodge conversion van in a barn in Shoemakersville, which is like way the fuck out. And I said, let's go look at it. So we ride over to this place and there's this ancient guy who was told by his wife he couldn't go to car shows anymore in the van. And so we went to sell it and we go to there and there's no guy and the van is outside. So they pop the hood. They crawl underneath it. This is in really nice shape. You know, I'm surprised he maintained this thing outside, looked like trash inside Well, it smelled so bad from the dead animals that we had to get an ozone machine to get the odor out after disinfecting the uh, vent system. Oh, my God. (laughs) This this is the level of tasty, by the way, that this rally has. So I said, let's go to a punch in diner in ways. And if we hear from the guy, it was meant to be. And if not, we'll find another heat. Mm-hmm. So we're having coffee and dessert. Ring, ring. It's the nephew. Hi, you know, uncle, whatever was having his toenails readjusted. You want to come look at the van? And I said, sure. So we're going back to look at this thing. And he wanted like eighteen hundred bucks for it. And I said to Preston, who looks like he's 17 you know, and his girlfriend or, you know, his partner, Hallie, looks equally young and cute. I mm-hmm. said, remember this. You're only going to pay eight hundred bucks. You have that? And they said, uh-huh. yes. So they go to look at it and the guy is there and they say, can we take it for a test drive? And he says, yeah, sure. And I said, well, why don't you and I just sit back here and we'll let the kids take their ride. So they're taking their ride. And I said to, you know, I said, that's my nephew, Preston. And he and Hallie are just the cutest couple. And, you know, they told me they wanted to look at this because they're going to take their first big trip together. And I think he's going to pop the question. Oh, that's wonderful. And I said, listen, I just gave him 800 bucks for his birthday. Can you work with that? 
He said, well, he seems like a nice guy. And he said, the other guy hasn't shown up yet. Okay. So Preston comes back, offers the guy the 800. The guy takes it. And he says, thank you, Uncle Jim. Oh, Oh my God. This is insane. So that's how this started. Okay. Uh This is just how it started. Okay. This is just, we haven't even begun. So the story continues that. They went to a junkyard. They found the parts that this shit pit needed. They cleaned it out. They, you know, shampooed everything, disinfected. Then they got the ozone machine in there, which works wonders. Um, And it was now more or less habitable. And they had to do some, got new tires because we didn't want to die. So I set up the arrangements for everything else. I booked the hotels And we're going to put this crew together. So Preston and Hallie were going to come and I was going to come. And turns out she had screwed up something with the schedule. So she wasn't coming. But then we asked Lance and he said, oh, hell yeah, I've got to do this. And I think either Preston or Lance knew Duke. And we said, do you want to come? And he said, yeah, I really want to do this. And we said, "Okay, fine. You know, like and he says, how do I get up here? So he got a guy in, I think. Binghamton, New York, who bought a $750 88 escort from him. So he got on the phone with Hallie because Hallie's an escort expert and they got the engine running well enough. And he drove it in one shot from Atlanta to Binghamton, New York. Okay, with the feet up, you know, because you're going to get all the water that comes into the uh, cabin and so forth. He -hmm. got it to Binghamton. The deal is Binghamton dropped him off in Scranton. Lance picked him up in Scranton, brought him back here. So I figured I'm going to take him Duke out to Amish country. We're going to see all the beautiful um, sites. And there's a famous, or I should say infamous, huge Pennsylvania Dutch buffet called Shady Maple with the mm-hmm. tackiest gift shop known to mankind okay. um, underneath. And I said, this is the experience you have to do this. So driving up that day. And we're going up near Reading, and I look up on a hill and I said, you know, that looks like a first generation Saturn wagon. I haven't seen one of those in years. And he said, well, I saw one the other day. So I said, let's take a look. We turn around, go look at it. Well, it turned out it had the ideal combination of stuff. It was a manual transmission and it had the dual uh, dual overhead cam engine, which was the engine that didn't die in these things. So he gets excited. We call the guy who had it. It's raining by this point. He takes a test drive. It sounds like shit. And he looked underneath and he thought it was okay. So got the guy down to like 600 bucks. And then we're running to ATMs to get the money together for this thing. Oh, my God. Um, He gets it titled in Pennsylvania. And we're supposed to leave at 6 p.m. from my house. I'm an hour away. And he looks at me and he said, you made me buy a card. And he said, what do we do with this thing? And I said, follow me. I got a buddy who lives nearby. We'll dump it in his driveway. So we put it in his driveway with his blessing. And we're going back to Philadelphia. And we think we're going to make it in time. And he's saying, I never got to see Amish country. And you made me buy a car. (laughs) (laughs) This is just so wild. Like, just these like crazy shenanigans that I'm hearing from like you and that Duke has like told me about stories about like car stuff, like the, the, the networking and like yes. the, the just 
pure shenanigans that y'all get into is just so wild. Well, the shenanigans, for instance, eventually he had to get this car back. So Lance got it to run to his stepfather's garage. And then they did some shit to chicken wire it together. And then somebody else who wanted to visit Duke got in it and drove it down to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Then there's another guy in our network in, um, I think, North Carolina, and they took it up to him and they had some car he had that somebody was borrowing to get somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it, 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 the, the car was an absolute disaster, hunk of shit. It could mm-hmm. not have been redeemed. So and I was going to say that was a live and learn on that one. But <laughs> the so we had four of us. And then the fifth one was this 20 year old um, who had just come out in his family and he was a car nut and. You know, and we figured and I figured at that point, let's bring him along. You know, we'll have this trip together. It'll get him away. It's all car people. So we had Preston, who was the single straight guy in this trip. Mm-hmm. And Preston had at that point like hair halfway down his back. Mm-hmm. So I named the, the group Goldilocks and the Four Bears. A fitting, yes. Okay. <laughs> and originally, well, we started off, the, I called the team the Nocturnal Emissions Testing Station. And by the end of the trip, Duke came up with the perfect name for it. He said we should have called it Gay Conversion Van Therapy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which was brilliant. Uh, this is such a Duke joke, too. It's like just fucked up enough. Well, the whole trip was like a giant frat party. Uh huh. Okay. Including all kinds of crazy shit that was going on. And I figured I'm with a bunch of broke 20 somethings. I said, let's split a room five ways and we'll figure out what the hell's going to go on. You know, who's going to do bed bingo. Mm -hmm. Because back in my Lambda car club days, which we'll get to eventually, um, Everybody just piled into bed. Nobody gave a shit. And eventually, sometimes somebody would want to fuck. And that's right. You know, just don't snore. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and we that's how we handled it for the whole trip. Right, right. So um, we had one point. One of the funnier things was that we were riding and Duke had had logged into Growler when we Mm -hmm. were out in like the middle of fucking nowhere and somewhere in Tennessee or North Carolina. And he's critiquing the few available men on Growler within this geographic (laughs) area. What (laughs) the fuck? (laughs) So he's, he's going through the critiques and like, we're almost dying laughing. And there was one guy who called himself Oldsmobile Cruiser. And our first thought was, who the hell knows what an Oldsmobile is anymore, you know, under the age of, you know, a lot, because they haven't made them in at least 15 years. So we pull up to a gas station for one of the many fill-ups in this monster, and one of the other cars in the Lemons Rally pulls up, and it's a 73 Olds. And this guy gets out, and we're screaming at Duke, Duke, go after him, go after him. We could get at least 200 points for a Lemons hookup. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> That's so crazy. Like the, the one guy who's on Growler with a face profile in the middle of nowhere. In the middle the of who's nowhere. Also, who's so, also turning up for a car game mate. Yeah, exactly. So what happened is uh, we wound up at one place. Oh, 
that one place we were going to go to that evening, the hotel, um, had a um, policy where they charged an extra $19. And I was furious. I said, we're getting ripped off for the $19. And I pulled in and I said, this is worth every penny. Because the $19 was because the hotel insisted on valet parking. And they had 41 of these heaps. And I mean, when I mean heaps, it's like, well, you know, Preston was saying D is really R and P is over here because the transmission was shifted like this. And one guy, like you pull on this string for the choke and you push this thing to pull out, push in the choke or out the choke again and so forth. And one of the valets ground down or lunched a starter on a 68 Dodge Dart, which was called the Lawn Dart. They had glued AstroTurf to the rear deck and welded in lawn darts into it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the sort of thing. Uh, my One of my favorites, there were two guys who got a 1960 Chevy and the matching camper. And they went as John Steinbeck and travels with Charlie. One guy was Steinbeck and the other was dressed as a dog. Mm -hmm. So that's the general sort of theme. Anyway, they had to swap the starter out under the portico of this hotel uh -huh, uh -huh. after a trip to, the, uh, to an auto parts store. Um, we went to dinner at one place where with this bar and uh, I'm trying to remember... Lance ordered some Indian food. Well, there were no there were no people who had any resemblance to having come from the subcontinent at all. Mm -hmm. Now you looked in the kitchen, it was all Anglos. And they come out with this, you know, styrofoam clam of this dish and look the open it up. So you gotta be fucking kidding me. Mm -hmm. So he put it in the back of the van and we forgot about it. The next day, one of the things you had to do was you had to find the tackiest mug you could and eat the most disgusting thing you could out of the mug. So it's like, what are we going to do? And we said, well, we have a, you know, welcome to North Carolina. No, it was like, welcome to Kentucky or West Virginia mug. And then we said, wait a minute, don't you still have that Indian meal in the back of the van? And he said, oh, yeah, I do. So Duke says, pull into this Walmart. And we got one of those mesh bags with the plastic stirring spoons and a $3 pot. So we came back to the van. We dumped the, Mex the Indian food into the pot. They took the cover off the engine. And so we cooked it over the exhaust manifold. Meanwhile, Duke puts on the mesh bag and he looks like a lunch lady. And we dubbed in the theme to the Julia Child show. So that <laughs> this will be our little secret. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Duke loves doing that voice. Like, I, it's so, like, I, the picture, mental image in my head is so vivid. Like, mm -hmm. I can see every moment of this happening. Well, and... Then they wound up on some shaggy dog things. So you can hear the ask Duke to tell you about lobster sometime. Okay. You know, <laughs> especially unrequited lobster, bored lobster. Um, and by this point, uh, the, you know, the 20 year old was becoming too annoying for words. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, like he was just fucking drama. 
And <laughs> after a while, there was one point where they're going through all of the lobsters and there's a pause and he yells out, I want to go to Popeye's. And I was like, where the hell did this come from? And Duke said, no, we're going to Zaxby's. Mm-hmm. So we wound up going there. Uh, I'm trying to remember, there were a couple of other events that will come to mind, but suffice it to say that I hadn't had that much fun in a long, long time. It sounds like something you'd read in a book. Like it's, it's like, it's so specific and it's so insane that you could not make that up in a million years. Well, the other thing too, that I found is that when you have a road trip, the best ones all come together at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And it either goes in one of two directions. You have the greatest time in your life or it is absolutely shit horrible. Uh-huh. And there's no middle ground. And this one turned out to be absolutely beyond fantastic. Uh-huh. And there was one I became friendly with this one group of people who had the that was called the Rattlelac and it was an early 80s diesel Cadillac. Mm-hmm. which were legendarily terrible. There was a class action suit against GM for making them. And of course, in this group, everybody goes up and oohs and ahs, you know, like, oh, wow, you've got a diesel Cadillac. Oh, this is a... And like half of the transmission had fallen out. So what they did is they taped over the Prindle and they rewrote the letters and crossed out the gears that weren't functioning. Oh, my God. And meanwhile, Duke is saying, can you make it back to my house? I could probably get it to work well enough for you to get home. Mm -hmm. So what they did is we didn't win any awards because, you know, like we didn't give a fuck after a while. And um, they awarded us a can of Febreze since they had spent some time (laughs) in the van during one of the lunches. (laughs) This and just just to clarify, this is the van that had the dead animal smell in it, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> By that time, the dead animal stink was gone. But okay, even okay, though, well, well, you had you had five very large guys and a lot of carbohydrates. You know, you very true. Okay. Yeah, right, right. Yes. So, uh, so that and there was one point. One of the reasons we didn't even care about the points was that um, Preston's girlfriend was saying, you know, like, I really wish I was there, you know, bring, can you bring me something? And Preston's saying, what am I doing? You know, she's working on an 88 escort wagon. And Duke says, I know of one that just landed in this junkyard in North Georgia. Great. Screw the rally. So we drive to the junkyard. The junkyard dog was a Pomeranian. And we're climbing up through the mud and the 20 year old is like rich ripping badges off of Daewoo's for his collection. (laughs) And we got to the car and sure enough, it wasn't a rotted door. So they took off the door and, you know, and we said, nothing says love like the driver's door of an 88 escort wagon. And we come back and while he's buying the door, the Pomeranian pisses in his toolkit. (laughs) No. Oh my God. And it was like, yeah, this is beyond perfect. <laughs> so one of the one of the other teams went as shake and bake. Okay. Okay, from Talladega Nights. And so we said to them, we pulled up, we said, you have to come with us to Applebee's. There's no question. You know, we have to continue the movie thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> um and um, went back to his place. Um, and the next day, 
did a straight shot back to Philadelphia, and they almost made it home before the water pump died in it. Wait, so you went from northern Georgia to Philly? Yes, in one day. That is an insane distance. No, 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 no. First of all, David, it's not insane because this is what you do if you're a car person and you go on trips. You know, that's not insane. You know, you say that to Duke and he'll nod and say, yeah, you know, maybe pull over and get a nap for half an hour. But I used to go when, you know, the segue to Lambda Car Club, we used to do things like once um, we heard that there was this really good party that was happening in Winnetka, Illinois, right above Chicago. So we said, "Okay, let's crash the party. And we got into a friend's uh, 1961 Dodge Lancer, which was called Lenny the Lancer with all kinds of wild paint scheme on it. Mm -hmm. And we just drove straight to this party. Not expected. We drove up onto the guy's front lawn, shut the car down, banged on the door and just said, we're here. That I like. I, that is just like inconceivable to me. Like I, I can deal with like a four or five hour road trip. Like I used to date a guy who lived in uh, like Maryland and I would drive there from Southwest Virginia and I'm like, okay, I can like tolerate this. But like the idea of just being like, oh, on a whim, I'm going to go from Georgia to Philly or to, uh, would you say Iowa it was in? Oh, uh, no, that was Illinois. That Illinois. Was sorry. Yes. Yes. But we like just, the, yeah, just we're on, not talking about taking days off or anything. This was like, yeah. <laughs> This was before Waze, so it was like you get out the map and you calculate distance and right. highway, and you more or less figured out. So we figured it was a 12-hour trip, mm-hmm. and we were going to stop and eat somewhere, so we made it 14 hours. So and the party began at 8, so we left at 5 a.m. and figured we're going to fill up a couple of times and piss. And, you know, and we wound up going to this place called Barnum and Bagel in Skokie and had uh, pastrami and uh, matzo ball soup. Uh, or I uh, ta- taught everybody about what pastrami and matzo ball soup was since they weren't in the tribe. And, right. uh, and then we wound up getting a hotel and we drove back straight the next morning. But there was another time when I went with a couple of friends from Lambda to a meet in Cleveland, Georgia, which is where the Cab- Cabbage Patch Doll Museum is. And Xavier Roberts, who was the creator of the Cabbage Patch doll, built this thing because he wanted to help the town and it became this tourist attraction. I'll get to more stories about that in a minute. But we came down in a 1961 Rambler classic Mm -hmm. and Ramblers in that era didn't have my, you know, speeds of 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. It was one, two, three, four, five. And I guess they figured that somebody who bought one of these things was so cheap, they wouldn't buy the zeros because they were like the ultimate economy car. (laughs) What's a factor of 10 between friends? Yeah. So what happened was the one of the universal joints died in this thing and they were able to find an auto parts store who had like one left in stock. So propped it up on pine logs, swapped out the U joint in it, got it to work more or less properly. (laughs) By the time that was finished, we had to hit the road because all of us had to be at work between 8 and 9 Mm a.m. So we had the straight shot from Cleveland, Georgia, back to Philadelphia. And before we went there, Matt, who was the guy who owned the car, had 
you know, he needed to have drinks throughout the entire time. He was very dry. He was sick and the meds that he was on, you know, dried him out and did other various things. So we got a case of Snapple, you know, from some convenience store. It's in the back seat. And I'm riding with Matt and our friend Bill is in the back. And about 3.30 in the morning, Matt says, hey, Jill, give me a Snapple. And Jill said, no, I can't. What do you mean? Give me a Snapple. I'm thirsty. I can't. Why? And he, Jill said, well, I filled three of them and I can't remember which ones. What? What? So <laughs> Think about what was it. filled in the other thing? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. I understand now. I filled three of them. I can't remember which ones. Oh, no. That, that's, not, that's not a game of roulette you want to play. That was, that was typical, you know. So he's saying, thanks a lot. And we're driving. And he points to the Speedo and he says, look, Sil, I'm doing 10. <laughs> doing 10. And this hunk of shit. Well, in that, and that, you know, it's the equivalent of, you know, getting a 1994 Chrysler that was nominally put together and taking a thousand mile road trip. Mm -hmm. Like, yes. yeah, it's more or less it'll hold together. Let's go. And flying down the interstate at 100 miles flying an hour. Flying down the it. interstate. And the other thing, because of his pain meds, he was smoking weed the whole time. Okay. And we're there like, and then those days, like if you ever got pulled over with weed, it was like 30 years in jail it's before mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. marijuana laws became somewhat sane. So we're trying to be inconspicuous going 100 miles an hour in a 30-year-old <laughs> rambler <laughs> with a Isn't Cheech and Chong movie going on. <laughs> So that gives you an idea when you talk about road trips and like Duke getting in a car and just flying up to Binghamton. Not a big deal. Oh, my God. Like that. I don't know. If that's just like such a so, so wild to me. Like I've gone on like one like serious road trip with Duke. Like we've, we've gone to Tennessee once, but that was like a pretty like there and back like thing. Uh -huh. Um, but a few weeks ago when it was snowing in North Carolina, he was like, let's go to North Carolina and go and like see the snow. So, like, we start heading up that way, and we keep getting, like, sidetracked, and, like, we stopped at a couple of, like, thrift stores, and we were, like, just searching around in this thrift store in northern Georgia, like, on the way to North Carolina, and, like, buying all kinds of stuff, and I actually got some, like, really cute, like, birds and shit from there, mm -hmm. but, like... It was like a three hour drive that ended up taking like eight hours because we kept stopping and like looking at shit. Mm -hmm. And um, I so like the idea of him, you know, just being like, OK, let's go to fucking Nebraska right now. Mm -hmm. Like that is that does not seem like totally out of left field for him. Well, and among car people or, or certainly gay car guys that I was have been hanging out with for years, that was normal behavior. Mm -hmm. In other words, like, oh, it's Thursday. It's time for a party. Or, <laughs> yeah, I have an idea. Why don't we just go down to Hagerstown for dinner? <laughs> or, oh, my God. Or, you know, I have a friend in Cincinnati, and why don't we spend a day or two? So a lot of that's young car guy. A lot of that's, you know, gay guys in the 80s and 90s when, like, you have an excuse for a party, just go and party. For instance, mm -hmm. my favorite was um, – had a friend of mine or within this group or in Philadelphia who got a case of the warts. Mm -hmm. And so he was having them lasered out one day and we decided to throw him an anal wart potluck dinner to celebrate, <laughs> <laughs> which is my first and last anal wart potluck dinner. Oh, there aren't more. 
Yeah, that was one and all. And the and he's describing it to everybody. And he said, oh, it wasn't bad, but I just saw smoke coming up in the room. And he said, it smelled like barbecue. And we said, well, it's been marinating for 33 years. You know, that's understandable. <laughs> I mean, what else do you talk about, though, at an anal wart an potluck dinner? Yeah, and exactly. So we made up a song to the tune of Edelweiss. Okay. You know, which was anal warts, anal warts, <laughs> which unfortunately sort of became his before memes that became his, you know, song. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. We would go on trips and the speech show up and everybody would start singing anal warts. <laughs> it's, it's his theme song. <laughs> it was exactly. So. Uh, you mentioned uh, your husband. Is your husband a car gay as well, or is he like? Oh yeah, we met at a um, we met at a Lambda Car Club event in '99. Mm-hmm. Although I found out that he had actually seen, met me two years earlier. Um, okay, he had been very late coming out of the closet. You know, had had some experiences. Me, it was like uh, in college. Kaboom! We're getting off this diving board. Mm-hmm. Um, and I picked a college that was in a city because I knew there would be gay bars and gay life as opposed to something Sylvan where I could basically fuck a sheep. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And then even yeah, smart the sheep, move on your part. Yeah. And then the sheep would insist I buy breakfast. You know, it wasn't <laughs> worth it. So um, we wound up. Where was I? I was talking somewhere about parties. Oh, parties. And uh, Lam- uh, my, husband, husband, Lam- okay, so my husband. So what happened was. I was dating a I was dating a guy who was a concert violinist, lived in uh, New Jersey, performed all over the world, was not a car guy. And I said, let's go up to this Lambda meet in Provincetown. Well, 30, 40 years ago, Provincetown was really wild and gay. It's gay Mm -hmm. now, but it's a lot tamer. It's more like older people who were able to buy eight hundred thousand dollar collapsing cottages so they could have a P-Town place. Right. In that era, it was like blow off steam. And the problem was, is that for most people, you really couldn't be out in your work life. So the weekends and the evenings were like unbelievable swing from the chandelier parties. Mm -hmm. Right. And there was, of course, a drag show by the pool. And I had, I went as Layette de Bassinet, and I had this one piece women's swimsuit from the 60s, a blue fright wig and mm-hmm. heels. And the heels are another story. And unbeknownst to me, John was there. John had set this up. He lived in Massachusetts at the time. And he's taking pictures of this. So he came home and he's showing his family all these weird people who we met in Provincetown. He said, and look at that guy in the fright wig, with the huge hairy legs. And isn't that awful? Ha, ha, ha. Well, two years later, we got together and he decided this was it. And he told his family, he said, remember that guy in the fright with with the legs? Well, I'm going to be with him and he's my new partner and I'm moving to Philadelphia to live with him. Goodbye. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So breaking it to him easy, like easing him into it. Yeah, exactly. But so so we he had met me, so to speak, two years before, but he was just too terrified to do anything. Mm-hmm. And then we got together at the 99 event, which uh, 
um, was absolutely fantastic and typical of that era, you know, after a fantastic evening of swinging from the chandelier, I'm still sleeping. He went down to breakfast to find somebody who knew my name. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and is he okay? Yeah. You know, I was, they said, you got the seal of approval. We like him. And so now you know his name and you can wake him up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, that, that is very cute. Uh and like, and honestly, I think that totally makes sense. It's like you you go to these like crazy parties, and it's like, oh, you meet other other people who want to go to crazy parties as a car gay. So right, well, and at that point too, not only is it car gay and so forth, but it was because there was no outlet. And I remember once hearing this gay comic at Asbury Park, and she talked about something that everybody in the audience knew, understood, which was. That horrible sinking feeling when you were coming back from a weekend and you had to go back to your job. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, I have to like repressurize my suit, you know, to go into outer space sort of thing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to put the put the mask back on. Yeah. And even if it wasn't so much of a mask, it was like, what is acceptable and what can I say and so forth? Mm-hmm. I was working at a place once where I was studying the sports page like it was a Russian grammar book mm-hmm. so I could talk with other people at the lunch table. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, instead of irregular verbs, it was like, well, who did they just trade to Houston? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and all I, you know, and I would come home to my friends or go into a bar in town and I would say all I knew about were wide receivers and tight ends. And I was disappointed when I found out what they were on the field. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What, what a horrible like sell. Like they, they sell yeah. it out to be this big yeah, thing. And, and then I said, no, the worst part is that all the action took place out of the locker room. Unlike half of the videos that we rented in that era. Like they, they lied to us. Like they, yeah. I, I thought it was that was a misrepresentation, was complete misrepresentation. Yeah. I don't know who designed this sports thing, but clearly they had got it wrong. Well, um, it was, you know, one occasion like that after the other. Um, There were points where, for instance, um, there was a trip that we took where every year they rented a boat. I think it was in uh, one of the either North or South Carolina. They rented a boat and it was a stripper tour. Mm -hmm. So we just were on the boat for four hours and they had strippers. Well, in those days, the strippers would do anything. So the strippers were blowing guys. Guys were blowing the strippers. People were screwing in the, uh, you know, in the deck upstairs and so on and so forth. And it was like, this was just the incredible party. There was one guy who was a very prominent, I don't know if he's still alive, so I'll change the profession. He was a very prominent chiropractor. And the minute he would get to one of these meets, you know, the fly, your fly went down and he was hard at work. Mm-hmm. And the joke was, is that this person could suck the chrome off the bumper of a 58 Buick. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I found out one year that the National Professional Society for his uh, specialty chiropractic, I'm calling it, gave him the state award because, you know, like he was so esteemed. And I walked up to him in the meet and I congratulated him. And I said, I had no idea you did two things exceptionally well. <laughs> I mean, the oral skills, they transfer, you know, like they help in the gay si- situations and they help outside of it. 
Absolutely. Thanks for listening to part one of our two-part special. If you want to hear more from the Strawberry Boys, check out our social media links in the description. If you haven't subscribed on YouTube or on the podcast apps, please consider doing so. Take care and see you next Tuesday.